And cue music. I don't know how many of you have heard, but there's a flesh-eating virus going around. Yeah, it's called music. Welcome back to another episode of A-Sides. Yeah. Year in, motherfuckers. We made it. That's right. This might be the first episode you dropped motherfuckers before uh-huh. I did. Or the F-bomb in general. I'm impressed. Mother stinkers? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can't take it back now. It's already say, out there. You can't. You finally... That's some mm. fucking straight up rock and roll street cred, man. Yeah, man. I'm only drinking coffee today, too. So anyhow... um. You know, what's new with you? Got back from Arizona this week, but I didn't want to come back. Yeah, I bet not. Yeah. There's got to be better weather down there. Yeah, right I came now. back and now there's tornadoes and shit. Everybody's just dying and yeah, I know. shit's breaking. It's terrible. Well. At least I got one last trip in before the world ends. Yeah, so. there you go. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen anytime soon. Yeah. Although I can't wait to see what 2022 has in store for us after these last couple of years. Mm. but Hopefully it's better. I, can't, I, like, well, I don't want to jinx us. Never mind. I'm going to stop myself from saying uh, what I was about to. <laughs> well, it's that time of year. Christmas is coming up. The end of the year is coming up. Yeah. And if Andy's correct, the end of the world. So normally we do uh, a little year-end top yeah. albums of the year. I don't. I think this might be the first year we did like top five. I think before we might have done ten. Or did we only? I do think five? the first time we did it was with Denny, and it was like a four-hour thing. And yeah. I probably should have cut it into two episodes because I think we did five songs of the year, five albums of the year. Then we did five albums of the decade or something. Yeah. And I think. No wait, last year we did do. Why you're thinking ten is because we albums and songs maybe. No, like we cut it to five albums, but then you had five honorable mentions. Oh. And I'm like, well, we might have just done a top ten because I think that's what it was. Oh. <laughs> well, this year is the opposite because it was like. I don't know, dude, for me, and we kind of already talked about this. We kind of already talked about how there was, like, way more, like, reissues than albums, it seemed like. Yeah, I even thought that again to, or on this morning. Like, maybe we should have just done the top five things we bought. And just <laughs> right. to that, maybe, but then it might be too hard. Well, then, like, to... it's legit because I went back kind of reviewing the entire year of everything that came out. And it's like, dude, the amount of reissues were just crazy. Yeah. And so, and I didn't put much thought into there because I know you mentioned like picking a favorite reissue that we bought. Yeah. Um, so I guess we could start the whole thing off with that. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot. Yeah. I mean, I bought a lot, I feel like. Uh, probably the biggest one for me, I don't want to say the biggest one, but I would say the one that included the most that was cool was probably Taylor's version, the Taylor Swift version of red oh yeah recorded version of red which sounds great i mean the vinyl sounds fucking amazing especially if you play it at 33 rpms it sounds like a cold play album or something <laughs> it was kind of weird but anyhow i thought that was funny because i guess people were bitching online that they bought like some of the comments were hilarious they bought it 
Oh, and like not realizing and didn't know the speed. Yeah, setting. and so they put it on. They're like, "There's some man singing this song." It's like, no, dumbass. Like, really? Go throw your fucking turntable in the garbage. You don't deserve to own it if you don't. <laughs> if you don't put that on and instantly yeah. recognize it, unless you're like a kid, then I'll forgive you, I guess. Yeah. But otherwise, fuck you. But no, it's a pretty good. I thought the collection of stuff, the the extra stuff, was really cool on that and. You know, I, that's one of my favorite Taylor Swift albums. So, mine too. And yeah. so it was like, I had to buy it, and I've been buying all of her, her versions of the stuff because I mean, it's actually really cool that she's doing it, and it's cool that she's adding a bunch of extra stuff to it and not just making it like a cash grab. You know, because she is doing it because you know she doesn't own the rights to her masters on this stuff, and so. Yeah. It's kind of a fuck you to the establishment kind of thing, which I can respect. <laughs> but, you know, also like to all of her fans that have already bought these albums, it would just be kind of a shameless cash grab if she just put the record out. But she's not really copping out with that. I mean, she's putting like a lot into it, a lot of extra songs and yeah, no, even like a 10 cool. minute version yeah, of that, the one song. That too? didn't need to happen. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. songs of hers, dude. And like, I listen to that 10 minute version and I, I will probably never <laughs> listen to it again. It's just too much. It fucks the structure of the song up. It doesn't flow right because of all the shit that's added in there. And maybe it's because I've listened to that song a million times and I can't accept yeah. it to go any other way. Yeah. But I mean, if there was like an extra verse or something, it'd be like, okay, I get it. But that's not the case. It's just so, it's too much. It's just too fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tay Tay. But yeah, I mean, I was there was a lot of good stuff though. Like I was excited for Let It Be to be reissued. The vinyl on that sounds great. Um I didn't buy the box set because I listened to the extra stuff and it was like nonsense. A lot of just bullshitting in the studio <laughs> kind of shit, stop and starting. Kinda of like all the stupid outtakes on the anthology stuff. I, you don't really you're not going to sit and listen to that stuff. You might listen to it once. Yeah. But you're not going to sit there and play that shit over and over again on your turntable. I mean, but you know, having said that, I bought the regular just album, you know, and it's a great it sounds great. So as far as that goes, that's a great reissue too. So Yeah, there's just been like a ton of shit this year, like, like too, like we bought the typo negative ones. They put out a couple yeah. of those, and yeah, October Rust. I almost was gonna make that my top pick, but there wasn't really anything extra to where I could say, yeah, that it competed with like what Taylor did with her thing. I even like one thing with Taylor Swift's, like the red one, is I bought that on CD. I think I got the Target version, like only because I bought that because it had an acoustic version. Of uh, the first song, I think it's like State of Grace. State of Grace, yeah. Yeah, like I bought it just for that because somehow I heard it streaming on some uh, a playlist. I'm like, what's this? I need to go track this down. Well, I saw right. that that's actually on her version of Red 2. So she even took those extra bonus tracks from another release and stuck it on there, which is kind of cool because right. some – I think how we're talking about Deftones, like we were talking about that before when we talked about the Black Stallion. We're like – well, they should have put B-sides and stuff on there, not just the remix thing, and make yeah. it like the yeah, did comprehensive. Did that come out this year, or was that last year? I think that was last, like the tail yeah. end of last year. 
Because I even thought but, about that, but I was like, I'm not picking that just based on the fact that that remix was stupid. Like, yeah. I don't need, you know, that, fuck them for that, but I should have just bought the single version of that. Yeah. I almost just want to see if it's going for more money on eBay now or something and sell it and make my money back like, and go buy just the regular record. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'll never listen to that remix. Although, I mean, there were a couple remixes that were cool, but most of it was just... Yeah, nothing that just stood bloated. out. Or... Yeah. Most of the remixes just watered the song down and made them nothing. <laughs> it just was a bummer, you know? Like, wow, we waited all this time, you hyped it up this much, and this is what we got, you know? <laughs> but just give us another Deftones yeah. album, because, you know, the last Deftones album was fucking killer, you know? So anyhow, I've babbled enough. What was your pick for the reissue? My pick's actually two picks. So it's like because I, I couldn't said two, yeah. I couldn't narrow it down because um, it's uh, the Black Sabbath ones that you just mentioned upstairs, the Heaven and Hell and the Mob Rules ones. Oh yeah, I bought the Heaven and Hell reissue that came out because I didn't have that. I didn't buy Mob Rules because I already had it on vinyl, and I was like, ah, oh, do I really? Do I need to buy yeah. it? You know, trying to like hone in my fucking addiction here yeah see that's what i was gonna do because i already had heaven and hell that i bought years ago like a used copy and i called brandon to order um the mob rules but when i went in there he actually had both of them for me and i was like well i was thinking to myself i only called for one but i guess i'll get them both you know because it was there and it was like right i think the second lp is worth it for like the live tracks and stuff yeah and I liked, uh, too, how um, you were saying with Typo Negative, you didn't uh, throw that in the running uh, for your pick because there wasn't anything extra. Like I at least like with the um, Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules, they've got a bunch of liner notes in there. Right. And they even talked to the artist that painted the album cover. So they have a little blurb from them, and they were basically saying that they've signed over their artwork, but they didn't realize it was as iconic as it was. Hmm. Like yeah. the angels playing cards and stuff. That was something else, and they just used that painting. Hmm. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I like it when they do. Well, okay, so like one thing I didn't, that we didn't mention yet was the Destroyer. Oh, yeah, the Kiss one? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a pretty solid. That could have been better in a lot of ways, but at least the packaging was bad. Yeah. I think we talked about that the last time you were over here. I don't remember if it was mentioned on the last episode we did, but but just that picture on the... You know, they got the gatefold yeah. version of it now in that picture, and then with the motorcycles and shit was really cool. Yeah. So, even motorcycles, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even having a booklet with it like that, too. It's like they yeah. took the extra step, because some you'd think, like, even the Aussie, No More Tears. I was kind of hoping they'd put something else into that, but they really didn't. It's yeah, just like, here's the album. I, I'd like to buy that, but I haven't yet. Yeah. I kind of wanted the picture disc. Although... So picture disc, just to go on another rant, I like the fact that, you know, we were bitching in a, another conversation about uh, rock and roll over. Yeah. That picture disc being 50 bucks, which is way too much still. But I, I at least appreciate the fact that you're getting the picture disc and the actual album sleeve and not that shitty, like, plastic yeah. sleeve that all the picture discs always come, come in because that drives me nuts. They crack. They always end up getting bent. Yeah, it just seems like there's nothing yeah. to it. Like, And then, too, like when you, you know, put them on a shelf and you got them, you know, like me. I mean, obviously, I alphabetize all my shit yeah. and everything. You're, oh, sure, yeah. You're flipping through and it's like, 
you don't see it. You don't have the binding there with the title on yeah. it. You're just like, so you skip over it and then go back sometime and it's like, oh, fuck, I forgot I had this. Because there's just like a paper thin piece of plastic yeah. fucking crammed in between these these other versions of this album. And, you know, and just the fact that the that the sleeve, the whatever the fuck you want to call that plastic, it just cracks. It always ends up like cracking and bending. and Yeah, or it gets bent, it gets folded and then you can't really fold it back. So it's got like a it, crease yeah. in there. And the seams, yeah, yeah, the seams always come apart on those. And the, uh, it's like the, oh, what are the one re- reissues? We were talking about it last time. Yeah. That the albums come in and they have that outer sleeve with the little like sticky flap that you kind of see. Oh, we back were talking over. about those ones where they come in like a plastic, like the mylar or whatever, but then it's got that, yeah, uh, thing like little like tab like little yeah like the mr big was like that right yeah yeah and those always yeah split on the side they always split split down on the side like that that crease ends up just tearing every fucking time dude and so it's like now i'm to the point to where i've started taking them out of that and just replacing them with regular sleeves yeah but then i'm like okay well then but i got like these record store day things you almost don't want to throw the original plastic outer sleeve away because it has all these stickers and shit saying record store day, limited release, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So it's like, what? Am, I guess I'm going to put all this shit away in a box. Here's how Here's how nerdy I am. Uh, so Bob Long, this was a couple of years, going back a couple of years ago, but I w- how I said I would leave the shrink wrap on there and just take my finger down and open up the side and, and slide it out so the shrink wrap's still on there. Yeah. Um, well, that's a real thing. I so. started doing that to save stuff, like only because Bob Long was like, I never did that before with CDs, you know, because CDs would have it on there. I would just throw the shrink wrap away. Well, Bob's like, hey, man, why don't you save those stickers? So so then I did. I started being more careful about it. And then something, Denny told me something like it used to be sometimes the shrink wrap was so tight it would over over time warp the album. So here's the nerdy thing where I'm going with this. There was one night where I think I took what Denny said literally. Maybe he was joking or something. So there was one night I was sitting at home, and I just took every single album I had off the shrink wrap and cut out the sticker, and then I stick the sticker in the in the sleeve. Well, I don't know what that would do. It's probably some OCDC Price thing. Price-wise, like, but like, dude. Not OCDC, like I'm... <laughs> OCDC OCD thing where I'm cutting the sticker out you know like perfectly and sliding it in there and saving it well dude like I bought a bunch of uh, OCDC bought... that's gonna be my tribute band now well I'll play bass in that band that would be an easy gig <laughs> but they uh, what was I gonna say speaking of, <laughs> oh, speaking of hype stickers <laughs> so I bought a bunch of old Armored Saint stuff from Ribbon Records downtown right yeah. And, or I guess it's not technically downtown. What the fuck ever? Nobody listening to this cares. It used uh, to be downtown, though. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, and some guy had traded in like a bunch of old school shit that was really cool. Like he had a bunch of uh, old thrash albums and stuff. And and he had like the original shrink wrap on it with the hype stickers. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, dude, this guy's price is fucking ridiculous. Because stuff was on consignment through this guy. And so the owner was telling me, like, well, yeah, man, it's got those stickers on it. I was like, yeah, who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck about these stickers? Yeah. But apparently that's, like, a thing with collectors. And it's like, well, thanks, jack-offs. Like, 
I don't yeah. need a regular ass copy of fucking, you know. Yeah, it should be Exodus as long as it plays by good, blood, blood but, to be yeah. like worth a hundred and twenty five dollars somehow. Yeah, he had shit marked like that, like one hundred twenty five, yeah. hundred fifty. I'm like, what? I mean, dude, the Armored Saint stuff I bought, like, I only bought it because it's all, like, out of print. I tried to find it and can't find it. Yeah. I mean, they have reissues of some stuff, but but anyhow, I mean, I paid, you know, 30 to $40 for all these records, and it's like, fuck, man, like, 20 years ago, those fuckers would have been, like, maybe 10 bucks. Yeah, really? At a used record store, you know? Nobody would have fucking cared not to pay that kind of price. Yeah, because when I first got that Heaven and Hell, the Black Sabbath Heaven and Hell um, used, it was like ten years ago. It was one of the first things I bought on vinyl, and it was it was under ten bucks, and it plays uh, like great, you know. But then, yeah, now it would now that copy would probably be like forty bucks or something. Probably, yeah. I mean, I remember buying, and this was for a while the most I ever spent on a record. And I don't know that I've spent more than this now. I'm trying to think, but I haven't really. Fifty dollars is about where I draw the fucking line now. But I remember buying, and this has been at least ten, fifteen years ago. I bought it at Younger Than Yesterday, and it was uh, Motorhead's No Remorse. Yeah. And it was an original copy with the actual leather. The sleeve was actually leather. Oh, awesome. And, you know, that was 50 bucks. And I was like, God, man, 50 bucks for this, really? You know, but but I had never seen a copy of it anywhere. I mean, and so that was totally worth it at the time. But at the time, it seemed like a lot of money. Now, 50 bucks for something limited like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wonder what that even goes for now. Like, I could probably double my money on it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I haven't looked it up because... <laughs> I'm not interested. I want to have a copy of that, you know? So, uh, so yeah, hmm. there's uh there's the record inflation rant uh, of the day. Uh. Such bullshit. So I had one in mind that I wanted to talk about one album and I can't remember what it was now because it was actually like, I had like a disappointment pick, like a pick that was like, disappointing album of the year for me and oh, i can't yeah. remember what it was i, I should have wrote it down but it just like i thought of it like i think last night or something you know like it just popped in my head and i thought oh i should talk about how i had high hopes for that and then it was just fucking and it ended up being a turd lame kind of yeah hmm. so well do we want to start our uh our top five album list yeah yeah right on man so my first pick my number five and I'm going to keep these in order, which I kind of realized I didn't really type them out. Yeah, I didn't totally my... order mine either. Yeah, but, but I'm going to say them in order because I think I do have an obvious order for these. So my number five is Brandy Carlisle's In These Silent Days. Yeah. I've not listened to it, so so what? Well, made it, what I didn't. Made it I didn't the, think. I didn't think that it would uh, be something that you would listen to, let alone have on your list. But it's one where when I first heard the single she put out, I was kind of like, "Yeah, okay." Like I wasn't super excited. The last album she had the song "The Joke." That the first time I heard it, I knew I had to have the album. Yeah, you know what I mean. 
So this one was a little different because it was like, wow, I'm not really that excited about it. Hmm. But then the day it came out, I listened to it in its entirety. And it was weird because the first couple songs, it was like they didn't grab me at first and it kind of took me a while to get into it. And it was like somewhere in the middle point, it just kind of grabbed me. And then I listened to it again and was like, wow, I think I'm going to have to buy this album, you know? So after a couple listens, because then like the opening track didn't grab me the first time I, I heard it, but then listening to it again and again and again, it's like every time I listen mm-hmm. to it, the opening song just grabs me more and more. And then there's really only a couple duds on it, you know? Um, I think that had this been a little bit more of a, had she had more competition, this might not have made my list because I wouldn't say that it's flawless front to back. It actually has a couple songs that for some reason lyrically just don't do it for me. But, you know, I love Brandy Carlisle though. And I've loved her even more after seeing her live. Yeah, because you and Chris went a couple of years ago in the theater. Yeah, and it was so fucking like, dude, she's a total fucking rock star. I mean, her stuff's mellower and shit, but man, live, it's like a totally different energy. Not what I expected. And so kind of made a fan for life out of me after seeing her live, you know, which, I mean, hey, that's not always the case, you know. Sometimes you see a band live and it's like, all right, cool, yeah, that was cool, you know, or whatever, (laughs) or it's great, but I don't know, man. I mean, she just was so good that I'm going to give everything she puts out a chance, you know, so. Maybe I need to give her a listen because I've honestly never really listened to her own stuff. I've obviously heard her with the high women and then guest vocals on other um, artist songs, yeah. but I forgot she was in the High Women. I think I forgot that was a band. Oh yeah, it just really <laughs> wasn't that impressive. I'm just gonna say it like yeah. it is. You know, I'd rather get a solo record out of her any day of the week, man. I guess since I'm not as much of a fan, it was kind of okay for me. Yeah. But then, yeah, being a fan, maybe it's like not up to her own level. Hmm. But you know, sometimes I think with especially just with female songwriters, like a lot of times there is that disconnect. Like I'm a dude. I can't relate to certain things, you know? I mean, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I'm just, I'm, I'm super far from being, you know, a lesbian woman. So (laughs) there's, there's probably going to be lyrics that I can't relate to, you know? So I might have some other women on, on my list. So well, that's a good segue into your list, Andy. Yeah. So what's your number five? Uh, but my number five is going back to what you had just said of about lesbian women. No, not having oh. enough time to live with an album uh, for it to make your list. Well, this one that is my number five is Black Label Society's Doom Crew, and it just came out a couple of weeks ago on Black Friday, which I think right. I think more bands need to put out an album on Black Friday because it just sounds kind of metal uh, too. It's true. Uh, but um, so, yeah, it only came out like two weeks ago. And honestly, I like a few Black Label Society like albums from, but they're going back almost 15 years, like right. 13 years. Like I like Mafia and like Shot to Hell with the nuns on it. And then it was just a few months ago, I think for some reason, like, you know, getting more into Black Sabbath this year and all these different things, I like was like, well, I'm almost in the mood to revisit Shot to Hell. 
So then when I was running uh, for one of these 5Ks I did, I made a Black Label Society like playlist and was like throwing on all these songs I hadn't listened to. So I was giving him more of a chance because I yeah. guess maybe not listening to Black um, Label Society for so long, I thought the dude was nothing but pinch harmonics. And it's really not. Like I think I just always, anytime I think of Zach Wilde, I think of that one Ozzy album, Black Rain. That right. It was pinch harmonics out the wazoo. And shit. Well, and the first Black Label Society album was that way too. Sonic Brew was, I mean, he had some badass fucking yeah. riffs, but it was almost like, yeah, how can I come up with this really badass riff and throw these pinch harmonics in between yeah. all these licks? Because, I mean, it was impressive. The shit's probably hard to throw those in like he does, but it yeah. gets old after a while. And I think that's the thing for me is like, I haven't even listened to the new Black Label Society album. And prior to this, I think I've bought about, I mean, dude, for a while there, I bought everything when it came out. I love the style and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's a great sound, but I do think that they get a little redundant. Like, it's kind yeah. of the same Yeah, redundant's thing. a good word, because even some of the vocals <laughs> get to be kind of the same. Like, he's almost doing, like, like an Ozzy. He kinda. sounds like Ozzy, but it's always missing some dynamic. Like, Ozzy has some dynamic yeah. that he just misses. And I think that the true testament to that is uh, the song that they did together. Um, uh, Stillborn. Stillborn, yeah. Because all of a sudden, Ozzy's on that track, and there's just something about it. Like, it just pops a little bit more than yeah. all the other stuff, you know? It, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. Um, but this one, though, it actually does seem like there's a little bit more maybe range or something like he's actually kind of singing on some songs and he's not doing that kind of Aussie yeah. uh, style. Like even the first uh, a song, the first track that they release is the first song on the album. And I think it's, um, man, the name escapes me, but that one was good. And it just like hooked me. Yeah. And then there's a few other ones. Like I wrote down, like there's a track end of days. And then one at the end, uh, shelter me. It's real good, and it seems like that album gets better as it goes, and it's got a little bit more um, range to it. I actually, see, I can't read my writing, but I actually did write down the song I was thinking of, Set You Free. That's mm. the um, lead-off track and was the uh, lead single. I'll have to check it out, because, I mean, I when I mm. saw it was coming out, I was like, oh, yeah, I need to check that out when it comes out, and then I just kind of didn't. But I check out new music at work a lot, and lately I can't because I'm busy training somebody. Oh, and I'm yeah. fucking tired of training somebody. Damn it. I feel like I've been doing nothing but training people. Well, then maybe year. if you're working out or something, throw it on or yeah. something. Because it might be good for that. Because that's kind of what I was doing, how I said I was running a 5K. And I'm like, I always every time I do that, I try to pick a different metal band or whatever and make a playlist or something. So I was yeah. like, well, who haven't I done? So that's why I landed on Black Label Society. Yeah, I will check it out. Yeah. yeah. And I ran faster than ever before, so there you go. So see, uh, thanks, Zach. <laughs> yeah, I've been half-assing my workouts thanks to this head cold that I've had. So I need to get back yeah. in the zone. I told myself no matter what, tomorrow, full fucking bore. Do it. Watch out, motherfuckers. I'm gonna be bench pressing, <laughs> fucking buses and. I don't know what else. Squatting You just made trucks. me think of an ugly sweater that I saw because I was trying to buy one. How did that make you think of an ugly sweater? Well, because I saw one and it had a real buff sand in it. It said, welcome to the North Swole. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Yeah, I need an ugly sweater. I feel like we all need ugly sweaters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a cool Wild Hearts sweater. Oh, nice. It's not really a sweater, though. It's like, it kind of pissed me off because it was expensive, and then I get it, and it's like a fucking sweatshirt with a with a sweater print on it. Oh, it's, it's got like, the print on it. I've seen you, those Yeah, before, like, why yeah. do you charge as much for a fucking sweater, then? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you're just going to send me, like, a Fruit of the Looms fucking <laughs> sweatshirt <laughs> yeah. with some design on it. I was so excited for it, too. But Damn actually, it. that button-up Motorhead sweater, they got, like, this old man... Fucking like the button up sweaters, you know? Yeah. They got like a motorhead one, but what's that, like a cardigan or something? Is that what they're called? V necky kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. It's got motorhead on it. Sounds kinda lame. Now I don't want one. Uh-huh. I mean honestly I thought like that's cool, but then like I don't think they would get away with that shit if Lemmy was alive. You'd yeah. be like <laughs> You're not putting that out. The fuck would you put that out for? So <laughs> All right. Yeah, Moving what's along. your number four, man? My number four is an album that took me forever to get. I never thought I was going to get it in time to listen to it and enjoy it oh, enough really? for, uh, to talk about it by the end of the year. But it came in the mail. And actually, I got a funny story about this, but I'll go ahead and introduce it. The Wild Hearts 21st Century Love Songs. Oh, nice. Yes. Though I'll say I'm still waiting for the back half of this record to grab me. I think it's front-loaded pretty well. I really like the first half of this record. I think the second half will grow on me. It just hasn't quite got there yet. It's like every time I listen to it, I'm like, I really like the first side. The second side comes along, and I'm like, yeah, okay. It's just maybe not as interesting to me or something. Maybe I just haven't fallen in love with those Maybe the first yet. half was just too good. I just need it to like, bore me. Mm-hmm. I need the first half to bore me. I need to get tired of it, and then maybe the second half will grab me. I don't know. Hmm. We'll see. I don't know. It's a tall order. The Wild Hearts, they put out such great shit that, you know, in the last one, Renaissance Man or Men was fucking killer. I mean, I really loved that one. Yeah, this I remember one, we talked about it. Yeah, I mean, this one doesn't quite hold up to that for me, but it's strong enough to where, yeah, like I said before, like the front half of the fucking record's really, really solid. It fucking hmm. comes out swinging with the opening track and... You know, I don't know. I guess, again, if this year was a little stronger with bands putting out, like if Anthrax put out a new fucking record this year, the Wild Hearts album may not have made my top five list. Yeah. You know? But Anthrax didn't put out a new record, so. Are they working on another one? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they are, because I feel like I just saw... Some interview with uh, Charlie saying that, you know, he's looking forward to getting back into uh, writing and recording another record, but didn't really hint at them. Uh, well, like they want to do one, but on, they yeah, don't have they, any ideas. Yeah, I don't know. Thing. I don't really know what's going on, but uh, yeah, either way. I guess they're busy doing their anniversary uh, stuff, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, because they've kind of been. Uh, kind of been milking that among the living thing for a while now i feel like come on guys it's old news <laughs> that is a great album yeah. i love it but we could probably move along to something else so but anyhow yeah i mean dude i'm just not uh not super inspired by even my top picks i feel like that's what uh well it's not entirely true but 
I feel like that's what a weak year this has been for new releases. Like, uh, I feel like I made a top five list and a couple of them I'm not super excited about. See, because for me, I had actually had a lot that I was excited for. So it was kind of like, um, I had a lot of potentials actually. And how I think I said to you, I was like, well, I got four that I'm sure of, but I'm not really totally sure on this fifth one because yeah. there's a lot that I bought and a lot I like. See, like I'll just I'll just throw out some that I didn't have. Like I liked Alice Cooper's um, album, um, Detroit Stories. Um, even Rob Zombie had one that I was kind of like. I actually bought those. The, like this time last year, and they came out in like March. Right. And um, Volbeat just had one too that I'm actually kind of digging, but it just came out last week. It's that like fresh. So. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Well. So how my about n- your number four? My number four is um, Danko Jones. He put out an album back in August called Power Trio. And it's basically just if you've listened to Danko Jones, it's just Danko Jones. Yeah. It's just kind of like what I like. Is it's just like plug in and play. There's no like frills or no extra shit. Sure. But then he always throws in some like weird lyrics. Like he almost doesn't take himself too seriously yeah. and stuff. And there's some song like Good Looking Woman. And that's running through my head right now. It's got some kind of cowboy thing. He's like, Good looking, good looking, good looking woman. Or something. I don't know. I can't do it justice. But no, that was great. You always got something that makes you want to tap your toes, I guess, man. You feel like you can get up and kind of dance to that stuff. Yeah, I didn't listen to that. I don't think. I mean, I've never really gotten into Danko Jones. Mm -hmm. It's like he's one of those that I want to because I dig what he's doing stylistically. But, like, every time I listen to his stuff, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Like, I just don't get the heart on for the songs that, like, some of you Mm -hmm. guys have. I mean, I feel... Like I should, yeah. But for some reason, it just has not. It has yet to grab me. I'm still waiting on the day that I maybe, <laughs> maybe I put it on and go, oh fuck, you know. But maybe it's because I kind of like his like, uh, his online persona or his stage presence. Because I saw him um once before I ever listened to his music, and I saw him playing one of those Rockstar Energy Drink festivals, and he was playing in the parking lot. And he's basically like if you take a pro wrestler and make him the front man of a band, like he's like shouting like that, like, come on. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I kind of like the pro wrestling thing. And then he kind of is like a pro wrestler on stage, you know. Unlike uh, this Saturday night, <laughs> WrestleMania. Unlike Chris Jericho, who is yeah. an actual pro wrestler and should not be on stage singing in a band. Oh, God. Yeah. Dude, I like him personality-wise. So I almost feel bad bashing on him. And he did just recently yeah. get hurt or something. I don't know what oh, the really? deal is, but I saw something where, like, hmm. he something happened and he's not, like, the doctors ordered him to not sing. Yeah. Huh. I hope ever. But um, <laughs> I feel bad, dude. Yeah. Like, he does seem like a nice guy. But, my God, dude, anything I've heard of Fozzie, they're terrible. Yeah, He does seem like a really genuinely good dude, and he's like – really into the rock thing like he's a real fucking metalhead you know he had not that i've i really kept up with fozzy but he has come a long way because i think like 20 years ago they first put out their album like their first album whatever it was and it was all covers of like dio and i think probably saxon or something so it was all those old 80s like uh, songs and he was he was legit terrible i'm like i can't even listen to this thing but then like i picked up one 
a few years later. So he has kind of come a long way with his vocals, at least, but the music yeah. didn't grab me, but he sounded like a better singer yeah. at the time. And they probably all just, he's just so yeah. nice that, like, no one in legit bands that he's friends with is going to be like, dude, you suck, just hang yeah. it up. Because they probably just look at it like, well, it's really cool that he's really, yeah. his heart is really, yeah. good. like, he's not a poser. I don't, you know, I wouldn't call him that. Yeah, I, think he's yeah, like, I don't think he's a poser. He's just not talented, Yeah, you know. <laughs> Or maybe that, the thing that. was with some of the song, their own original stuff. Maybe he wrote it more in his range right. instead of going out yeah. of his range trying to do like Dio stuff. Because that's the like, thing is, I think maybe he can't sing as high as he thinks he can sing. Yeah, like some people, that's just how it is. And I think people, it would be hard for anybody to do Dio, oh, whether yeah. you're like a trained singer or not. You yeah, know? yeah. There's there's people that just there are people that can hit those notes but don't sound good doing it. And I'm not gonna get too carried away with. Dr- bringing names up and shitting yeah. on people. But, you know, some people are really technically good in the sense that they can hit those notes. Yeah. I can't fucking do it, you know, or maybe I can, but I just recognize that I would sound fucking terrible doing it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I think some people are just clueless. Like, oh, I hit that note. You did. Yeah, but <laughs> we fucking wish you wouldn't have, yeah. you know. So, yeah, man. Well, where are we at? Because we uh, are side yeah, Tangenine. I did my fourth, and it was Danko Jones' Power Trio. I don't even but there's really not a lot to say. If you like Danko Jones, you like this. Yeah. If you kind of don't, then it's not gonna. This isn't gonna be the one to sell you on him. Right. All right. All right. What's your third? Man? Completely let ourselves yeah. astray. My third is Lucifer Four. I knew you'd have Lucifer on there. Yeah, I feel like I, I had him last. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was last year, but whenever the third album came out. Yeah, we talked like about that list. when we were doing yeah. week by week stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that third one was good. Yeah, I liked the third one a lot. This one, I, it kind of didn't grab me at first. It was, again, it was like a grower. I don't know why. Um, I guess it's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> no, dude, some of the songs, though, are really, I mean, they're, they're catchy. They didn't catch me at first uh maybe i just wasn't in the right mood you know but then like second third listen it was like i don't know these are really cool songs and you know it's the typical like the stuff's not it it sounds i've always described them anybody that asks like oh what do they sound like and it's like if you like sabbath it's very sabbathy yeah like early sabbath with a chick singing you know and it's kind of funny because she just sings about weird dark shit like <laughs> you know what's the one there's a song about i don't know they just arrived by hearses or something like that or like there's <laughs> just death and evil just referenced in the songs very sabbathy right you know i mean one song i think it's called bring me his head hmm you know, there's just stuff like that that's just, it's very, I don't know, like, it is kind of old school, dark, and gothic. I don't know. I, it's, it's like they take cool that vibe. theme and more run with it than, I guess, Sabbath did. Yeah, they kind of had that sound, but the lyrics weren't really... Right. I mean, some of the early Sabbath kind of had some. I mean, obviously, like, Black Sabbath, yeah. the song, had that. But not all of their songs really did. I mean, a lot of them were just about other random shit and drugs and whatever. But 
hippie stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, she, I don't, yeah, her lyrics are, I mean, I'm sure she's not sitting around sacrificing goats in their living room and drinking yeah. their blood and carving a pentagram into her <laughs> chest and all that crazy shit. But, you know, lyrically, it almost sounds like she would be. So, yeah. Um, you know, I actually didn't listen to this. I knew it came out because I knew you bought it, and didn't you get like a T-shirt with it? You bought kind of like a package. Um, thing. it wasn't a package, but I did buy a T-shirt at the same okay. time. I figured if yeah. I'm going to order something from Sweden and it's going to take a month to get here, and I'm going to spend a hundred dollars on shipping, it yeah. wasn't really a hundred dollars. The shipping actually wasn't that bad. It was like barely more than fucking domestic shit. Huh. You know, it's like I'll buy something somewhere in the u.s and the fucking shipping's outrageous and then you order something from fucking sweden and it's like a dollar or two more than what i just paid for something out of fucking iowa (laughs) (laughs) like three hours away and i'm paying ten dollars for shipping but then i order something from sweden and it's like twelve dollars for shipping how the fuck is that anyhow uh but yeah no i did i ordered a really cool fucking t-shirt that uh off their website too while i was at it so Well, shit, I got some stuff to listen to over Christmas break then. Yeah. Some Lucifer. You listen? Did you not listen to the Wild Hearts? No, I didn't oh, listen to that I one I figured either. that would have been one you would have checked out. Oh, I forgot. Fuck. This was the story I was going to tell. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I, I can edit it back. <laughs> well, that's all right. We can uh, go out of order. No one cares. We've already gone off topic so many yeah. times. that So I'm, I'm kind of backtracking here to the Wild Hearts thing. So I'd ordered it. I pre-ordered it before it came out and I kept and I did it like just through Amazon because I thought well it'll just be easier yeah and going into the Wild Hearts website entering my info and whatever I could just pre-order it on Amazon well I kept getting uh I kept getting uh like these notices that I may not get it on time and do you still want this item and blah 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 and I kept hitting yes and finally like Jeez, I don't know. Probably almost a month after it came out, I got a notice that it shipped. So I'm like, okay. Finally, I pre-ordered it months before the fuck it came out. Didn't <laughs> yeah. get it on time. Then, it, you know, I get it like a month after the fact. So it comes in the mail. And I open it up and I'm like, well, that's weird because there was no shrink wrap on it. There was no, like, plastic wrap. Sleeve looked like it was in good shape and stuff, but and it was in like an outer sleeve, but there was no shrink wrap. And I thought, gotcha. well, that's just bizarre. Did they really not pay to shrink wrap it off the press? So then I get the record out to put it on the turntable. I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, this thing is filthy. I mean, dude, it is covered in hair. And I'm not talking like short dog hair. I'm talking like it looks like my daughter or my wife fucking just stood over it and like washed her hair or combed her fucking hair and like you know there's just dude it was covered in long fucking hair all over it and i'm like shit that's creepy yeah i'm like what in the actual fuck dude so i had to sit there and like clean it and the record was in great shape still it wasn't like scratched up or anything and it plays fine it sounds great but i'm like so did they send me a used copy 
You know what I mean? Like, I but, paid for but, a new copy. Yeah. First of all, I pre-ordered it fucking months ahead of time. And then I finally get it like a month after it comes out. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I didn't, yeah. I just didn't even know what to think. And I was going to like, I was going to email Did you send him a message? Service, but oh. I was like, fuck them. I just didn't even say anything. I didn't bother. Like their customer service has kind of gone downhill. I've had good luck with Amazon, but you bitch to them about stuff like that. Yeah. And I've literally sent emails about stuff like that before and got nothing in return. So like, unless was it you like a was it like them, a third party seller or something? No, I mean it was just from Amazon. I thought. I guess I'd have to go in and look. Maybe they changed it. Hmm. Maybe it was like they somehow. Maybe one of the times they said, "Do you still want this item?" Because it's not shipping on time or whatever. Yeah. Maybe there was something in fine print that said, well, now you're going to get this used copy. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows, man? But hair on it? Dude, it was weird. Yeah, I'm like, hair? Like, what the I'm picturing, fuck? like, you said girl's hair. I'm picturing, like, the chick from The Ring or something. Dude, it was crawled out of the well and, like, here's your album. <laughs> it was literally, like, like, long hairs, you know, that... Like at least a foot long or more, two feet long, Damn. like curled up on it, like, yeah. yeah. Maybe they were pubes. At least, I was gonna say at least that wasn't foot pubes. long pubes. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was just like, it was bizarre. Like I couldn't even be mad. I think chest hair from I've the just guys never, in the band or something. I've never seen anything like it. It was ginger combing his dreads out. Damn, dead dread hair. Falling onto the, I don't. Does he still have dreads? Fuck if I know. I don't pay attention to that shit. Uh, <laughs> but anyhow, shit. so yeah, I kind of just backtrack to the Wild Hearts again. But yeah, anyhow, pick number three, Lucifer f- four. Uh, that one came. It arrived. Shrink wrapped and no hair. Yeah. So I was excited. I would have rather had her hair. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. At least I would have known where the hair came from. Yeah. Goat hair. Actually, the Lucifer 4 album came covered in goat hair <laughs> and blood. Mm. Smells like sacrifice. <laughs> All right. What's your number three? My number three um, is I'm going with this one, and I'm probably going to get shit or punched in the balls, but uh, from April, it was a release of Evanescence, uh, The Bitter Truth. Okay. Well. Yeah. So yeah, that's <laughs> it's just like the Black Label Society. For some reason, I was never totally into Evanescence, you know. No. And um, I guess reasons. maybe it was from being exposed to them at like X so much that I'm like, eh, I don't know how how I feel about this band. And then that uh, Bring Me to Life song being played so much and it's still played so much. I don't like that. But then they've got some album cuts that are you know um, good. But anyways, this summer I went back and was revisiting some of their stuff, and then I picked up uh, this album. So it came out in April, but I didn't buy it till like, July or something. But it's actually really good in how you're talking about you don't know if you can put yourself in a female's perspective. And it's like, I really can't either, but she's got lyrics where she's – how the album title is A Bitter Truth. She's kind of talking about what's going on, and she's got a female perspective on stuff. And it's actually kind of – she really does have some biting lyrics that are – uh, pretty good. And I tried to write something down in one song. Yeah, right. I think she's talking about the recording industry. And she's like, someday we'll get paid more than it was worth to sell our souls. 
And there's another one where she's talking about, uh, she's got some song, Use My Voice, and she's kind of talking about the state of the world. And I don't know, it was kind of good. So sure, it's like a modern rock sound that you can get from uh, just by turning on the radio. But at least it kind of stood out more to me now hearing that sound with the female voice and then with piano and stuff. Because you don't really hear a whole lot of females in that kind of uh, genre other than Lizzie Hale. So it kind of stood out more in that regard. So I picked up, uh, they had a record store day release, yeah, on um, uh, Black Friday of a previous album. So I picked that up too. I might check it out. Yeah. That's one that just caught me off guard, yeah. but you know, I didn't know they had a new album. I knew they were back together. I knew they yeah. were touring. Yeah, because um, that's the thing. I saw that actually Hailstorm was touring with them and that plush band that Mariah for me yeah. in and everything. So, um, it's it's like uh, they really don't even have a lot of albums. I think they've been around for like eighteen years, and it's mostly just that Amy Lee. She's only had this is only like their fourth actual like studio album, but maybe not having that many albums, they saved some of their best uh, songs for those albums. You know, it's like yeah. you know, it's like they're pumping something out every two years, and it kind of right. gets watered down. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been so, a fan, man. I mean, I don't hate yeah. that song. They're just a band that never did it for me. Yeah, that song never did it for me because it's kind of like. It almost sounded like they were trying to be Linkin Park or whatever at the time with like the <coughs> rappy vocals. Yeah. yeah. So it didn't wake you up inside. It didn't no. save you. Nothing nope. like that. Nope. <laughs> uh, but they do have some other good songs. No, in their they catalog. have a ballad from that first album that I remember liking. Yeah. Here I heard it I haven't heard it in years, so I can't even remember what the fuck it was called. But there was like a ballad that she did at the piano. Like I think it was just her and piano. Yeah, like I can't totally think of that album. As much because I haven't really revisited that one, but I think there's some other ballad that kind of is like lithium or something on a another album that was all right. But I only really remember when they came out on that first album, and then I mean, I don't know, I never got into them, I never bought the album, so I can't speak to it at all, really. Yeah, so it just seems like she's fired up and she's not taking any shit, and I kind of appreciated that. Yeah. So. Oh, good. Good for her. Mm. Fuck all those men. Yeah. Just fucking ruining her life. I don't know. I'm just assuming. I don't know. She's probably happily married by now. Who knows? Or not. I think she is. Is she? Yeah. I always thought she kind of looked like Meg White a little bit. I always thought they were the yeah. same person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know why, but. All right, man. So, so we're down to the last like two. Number two. All right. So I would say my top two. I'm like these. I'm significantly more excited about these two albums than anything else from the whole year. It was very easy for me yeah. to come up with my top two. I think I know one of them. Number two and number one, both of them just hands down two favorite albums of the year. They're here and everything else is kind of like. Yeah. Basically, um, not to put down the other picks on my list. It's just these two were home runs. I, I don't yeah. feel like I necessarily had five home runs picked out, but I got two home runs picked out. My number two album is Halsey's If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. Right on. And again, this was much like 
the Brandy Carlisle album in the sense that the first song I heard didn't really pull me in to make me want to buy the album. And I listened to it late in the game. I think it was out for a good month before I, maybe longer, before I finally gave it a chance. And it was really just because I saw something and was kind of like, oh, yeah, I forgot that, you know, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yeah. It was basically a Nine Inch Nails record, you know, and I think we talked about this on a previous episode. But, um, so, yeah, I just, for some reason that day, I was like, I'm going to listen to that. I never did give it a chance. And, you know, I started listening to it, and I was like, yeah, okay, this is okay. And it was like, by the midway point, you know, I'm just like, fuck, this is really good. You know, at first it was grabbing me because I was like, I think at first I was distracted by the fact that it was like, oh, that little, that little scale he just played, or yeah, he just played totally was like how Trent Reznor would play it. Like that, you know, that was Trent Reznor because he just, you know, there's like weird notes thrown in, right? It'd be like some just weird, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I'm maybe not brilliant enough here with music theory and everything (laughs) to put it all into words i know the difference between majors and minors and everything but uh but as far as trent reznor goes he always plays some note where it's like you're not even like it fits but you're not even sure if it fits you're like wait a second that was weird is that right I don't even know if it was right, but yet it works. Like, he makes it work. He always has this weird fucking thing he does when he writes songs, and especially when he's playing piano. And that's, like, all over this record. So I think the first time I listened to it, I was maybe almost distracted by that to where I was halfway through the album before I started really getting into the songs and the lyrics, and then I started realizing, like, She's got some brilliant lyrics. We talked about it before with her album, uh, Manic. That was the last one, yeah. right? Yeah. And she, you know, she has a very, she just says it like it is. Like, yeah, it's she's kind of almost rock. too honest like, or like blunt. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It's, it's like artsy, but not. Her art, her artistic trying to think i'm trying to put this into words the way that i want to fucking say it but um she's she doesn't necessarily dress up her words a lot so like a lot of people will write these lyrics and they're all fancy and it's really deep and you know you gotta maybe think about it to get to the root of it she's artistic in this different way of like she kind of does that, but then also fucking just throws a fucking right hook and just says it like it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we'll sit there and go on and on and on and then just fuck you. <laughs> you know? Say some fancy stuff that maybe makes you think, like, oh, what's she talking about? And then she's like, you're a piece of shit and I hate you. Oh, that's what she was trying to say. <laughs> He's a piece of shit and she hates him. I mean, not, none of these things are the lyrics to any of these songs. But I'm just doing a really poor job at getting my <laughs> point across, <laughs> I think. But um, I don't know, man. She like she throws the F word in 
in spots where it's like you don't expect it, you know, like you're listening to it and you're like, oh, this is a catchy pop song. And then, like, there's a line where she's like, something about fucking like a demon. And it's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, cool song. And then all of a sudden she's just like, I fuck like a demon. It's like, that is really fucking straightforward and to the point, you know? I can't really imagine if a woman said that to me. Like, hey, mm. want to go back to my place i i fuck like a demon it's like well okay i'd probably be scared of her but but yeah i don't i don't that was a really weird rant for me to go on but (laughs) but no dude it's such a cool album it's it's got some of like the best pop songs i've heard um in a long time but with great lyrics and a certain darkness to it that's not too dark to where it sounds like it's dark for the sake of being dark you know, it's artsy without being so artsy that it sounds like it's trying to be artsy. Yeah. For the sake of being artsy. I think you just kind of summed up, not to go off your topic, but you kind of summed up my um, listening habits of this year uh, compared to others. Because I guess I wanted stuff more um, light this year. Yeah. So that's more of where my direction was. My favorite stuff that grabbed me was more light stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what metal I I had that I haven't heard like a new metal album. I mean, Lucifer and Wild Hearts are about, some people might call Lucifer metal, but I mean, it's still pretty mellow. You know what I mean? Like in comparison to what is considered metal now, whereas I think like last year, Last year, or maybe the year before, I had the Testament Titans of Creation album was probably yeah Manson and Deftones. I think were were among your favorites from last year. Was it last year or the year before? It was last. year. Last year's weird, dude, because I almost feel like these last three years have been a wash. But yeah, I mean, last year just barely existed. But or I feel like in that <coughs> context too, talking about last year, like if you're talking about something that happened. Oh, yeah, that was two years ago. You actually have to add last year in there as a third year. So you got to kind of add this extra year because it felt like everything just kind of stood still. Well, there was shit that I swore came out this year that I'd I'd look at it and be like, oh, fuck, that was last year. Yeah. Yeah, so you got to add that extra year in there. It's just a weird thing, man. So I think we are on to your number two. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I kind of talked over – your like point because yeah, like I really like. I doubt I had a point. I'm just Halsey. Babbling. Well, no, I really like Halsey, and you talked about her last album, Manic. Like that really hit the spot for me. Yeah. So it got me to go check out her uh, previous ones. Like I really like Badlands yeah, too, that's a great and I. Album. And that's one that I listened to this year, where it kind of like, man, I keep going back to that one, and then now Halsey's got this darker album this year. And she was kind of going in that direction anyways. You know, she started out really poppy, and then some of the stuff yeah. on Manic was, like, all sorts of different styles. But I think this year, like, I don't know. Like, some people's 2020 was just an awful, like, dick punch year. And I had kind of had a good 2020. Well, yeah, 2021 for me feels like my dick punch year. And I'm like, fuck, sure. this year sucks. So my listening habits are more, like, upbeat or something i'm like i don't know if i'm really into this halsey album because i'm not in the right space to listen for that i want something that's more upbeat and so 
uh, one that I mentioned previously when I was throwing out uh, a bands that listen or had released albums. I'd mentioned the Foo Fighters. Well, that's actually one that did make my top. It's my number two. Right. And that's one that I instantly heard it, and I instantly loved it. And you and a couple other people I was texting were, like, really slow to kind of get into it. And even at the same time, I was kind of uh, slow to get into a few songs because maybe I read too much about it or was too hyped before it came out. And I'd read something where Dave Grohl said, oh, this is going to be, like, a David Bowie, like, dance album. And it's going to be, like, hmm. he kept mentioning <clears throat> David Bowie. And I'm like... I don't hear any David Bowie in this. I could see uh, some of it. But the ones that yeah. actually is uh, the title track, Medicine at Midnight, that sounds like it was from um, the Let's Dance album. Yeah. It sounds totally like that style. Uh, but the rest, I really like that album like a lot. And it's like a really quick listen. Like it's only a half hour and it's, it's yeah, mostly up upbeat and stuff and I've listened uh, to it a lot at work like if I want something to like maybe I'm having a bad day at work or I'm in a funk this kind of like uh, uh, gets me going more or whatever yeah. and it's kind of something where I don't really have to think about a whole lot I can just tune stuff out and just listen to music and do what I'm doing right so yeah I yeah. Like, I really like this album and I was even kind of it's got some weird left turns in it. I think that was the weird thing for me when I first listened to it was I didn't know what to think about yeah. it because it caught me so fucking off guard. I was like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like there just was a handful of songs where you didn't expect it from the Foo Fighters. Yeah, and here's something else too with this album is I think they use a lot of drum machines more than uh, Taylor Hawkins drumming. Yeah. Well, that thing they put out in the summer for one of the record store days where they did the DGs mm -hmm. thing and they did those covers, I was kind of on the fence because I'm like, I don't know if I really want to buy it. But the B side of that, they did live in the studio versions of uh, like, like half of Medicine at Midnight and... I recently listened to that, the B-side of that, and I like those versions actually more than the Medicine at Midnight album because they seem like they punched them up a little bit because huh. there's live drums versus the like synthesized yeah. drums or the uh, loops or whatever. That'd be cool. So, I guess I didn't know that. I think I started listening to the DGs thing or whatever, and yeah, I was like, just I kind of, yeah, shut it off. I didn't buy it. I just listened to it online. I was like, eh. It didn't really do much for me, but the other songs that they have on the backside, yeah. really. Huh. Yeah, I might have to give it another listen now yeah. that I think about it, you know. So there you go. You might have sold me on uh, yeah. checking that out. I really like there. the Chasing Birds. It's almost kind of like Beatles-esque or whatever. So yeah. it's kind of like the breather in between of all the dance uh, stuff. Maybe I wanted something you had to tap my toes to, like the Andy Danko. just wants to tap his toes, people. That's, that's all he wants. Yeah. All Even right. Tay Tay, I wasn't totally into folklore and Evermore, but I really liked Lover. It was like I just want to dance. I like, yeah, I like half of Lover a yeah. lot. You know, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just but ready I to like bust folklore out folklore a lot, and I like Evermore a lot. I liked them a lot, a lot. All right, well, I guess your number one for the finale. My number one, hands fucking down, the Killers' Pressure Machine. Oh shit. That album was so good. It wasn't your number one too, was it? No, like oh, I forgot okay. about that one. I legitimately forgot about oh, that, dude. Like I thought you were gonna have Mastodon. 
you know what, man? I haven't lived with it enough. Yeah. I was, and I haven't bought it yet. Mm-hmm. I really do like the new Mastodon, but my takeaway from Mastodon's Hush and Grim album was that it was too long. I think there's a lot of filler in there. Yeah, I think the same thing. Yeah, like, like there's some really badass songs. And if it would have been a shorter record, I think I would have had a bigger boner for it. And maybe kind of just been <laughs> like, yeah, okay. But like, I mean, I haven't even bought it yet. Usually with their shit, I'm pretty much ready to yeah. buy it when it comes out. And I just didn't. I mean, I will eventually, you know. And maybe it's one of those where next year I'll be talking about how, oh, yeah, here's the album that I didn't realize was great till three months after it came out, and I'm all fucking yeah, excited for it now. Yeah, it'll be your album of 2022. Yeah. But, I mean, dude, The Killers, Pressure Machine. So this one, I really wasn't excited for it to come out. The Killers lost me with, I can't remember the name of the album. I always just call it the one with the fucking seashell on it. Oh, um, Wonderful, Wonderful. Yeah. Did not like yeah. it at all. I just, I, nothing more to say about it. I just did not like it at all. And Imploding the Mirage was definitely a breath of fresh air. I mean, it came out and it was good. Um, you know, but if I'm being honest, I feel like it was good and was a breath of fresh air because it wasn't that boring ass fucking lame record that they put out before. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, I always thought, well, is it really that good or is it just in comparison a hell of a lot better than that last fucking record? Yeah. Well, this one, I got to say, I would say it's my favorite since Samstown. Oh shit. And when I first listened to it, I didn't know what to think. I'm like, I remember I, I listened to it at work and I was out on the floor doing something. So I'm moving and I'm doing shit, right? I'm not just mm-hmm. sitting at my desk and really paying that much attention to it. And I, I remember thinking like, oh, okay, this just kind of reminds me very Springsteen, you know, and I like the, I like the, the vibe and everything, you know, but whatever, like first listen, maybe I was too busy. Didn't really necessarily like, grab me hook, line, and sinker on the first listen. But the second time I listened to it was like the next day or that weekend or something, and I'm sitting outside, summertime. I'm trying to remember what month this was when it came out, but it was over I the summer. I think it was like August. Yeah. Because they just kind of dropped it out of nowhere. Yeah, right? I didn't even know it was coming yeah. out. And so I'm sitting on the patio listening to it, having a few beers, got my Bluetooth speaker going, and I just kind of was in the zone enjoying the weather, and I was like, fuck, this – this album's really fucking good. Hmm. Like, holy shit. And I remember I listened to it like twice back to back that afternoon and pulled my phone out and ordered the vinyl on Amazon. Like, I, I got to have this on vinyl. Like, hmm. you know, and got it and listened to it a few times on vinyl and everything. And it's like, man, every time I listen to it, it's just the songs are so good. It is very Springsteenish, which maybe that's why I like it so much. Like, Samstown was very Springsteen in a lot of ways, yeah. you know? And there's even songs on this one where, I mean, there's definitely like a Ryan Adams kind of vibe too. Like there's, it reminds me of the self-titled Ryan Adams album where there's like a lot of that kind of reverby thing going on with the Damn, guitar Damn, I might need stuff. to listen and, to this then because I really like that. Yeah, there's a couple yeah. songs on it where, so did you not listen to the New Killers at all? I actually have not listened oh, to fuck. it. I remember you and Dustin, there was a group text that came through 
and it was like, hey, there's a new Killers album out. So I pulled out my phone and I, or I mean, I pulled up Apple Music because I was on my phone and I added it, you know, hit the little plus and added it, but never actually have went back. Because at that point, when it came out, there was Ozzy's like reissue of No More Tears coming out. Then there was, I guess, like typo negative stuff was coming out. So I'm like, I'm going to listen to that. And there was like, it just seems like whenever something comes out like that, there's always like 50 other things, you know, yeah. that I'm listening to. Sure. So, man. Well, it's weird because now that I think about it, like I don't remember talking about this outside of that group text. Like I don't know that I know any anyone else's opinion on this album. Yeah, like... And I, which is great. It because, never came back up in another conversation. Yeah. So I kind of did forget about yeah, it. And I don't, yeah, I don't remember having a conversation with anyone about this album. I feel like I've just been like sitting here hugging the album in my basement, listening to it or something like, like and I haven't done anybody else. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I just don't want anyone else. I don't, yeah. I don't want anyone else to like it. Don't listen uh, to it. It's mine. All right. <laughs> I want this for me. So yeah, man, I don't know. It's kind of funny because now I feel like texting everyone I know and been like, hey, by the way, what did you think about the new Killers? Because I just kind of fell in love with it and mm. just dug it. Like, to me, it's just been, like, hands down the best record of the year. You know? So. Hmm. Well, shit. Not getting any Grammy love as far as I know. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But um, I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn about a Grammy. Yeah. Half of those critics can't even stomach me, let alone stand me. Speaking of stuff like that, you just reminded me of something. Um, Shamelessly. There's one that Eminem. did took me forever to get into, or at least just to like a start listening to it was Wolfgang's album. Yeah. It's solid. Yeah, I kind of think it's like a good straight up like rock album. Kind of like it is. It's very yeah. modern, like it sounds like if Shine Down didn't suck, kind of thing. <laughs> like you know, yeah. Like, I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I got to be in the right mood for it, though. I can see you know? that comparison. Yeah, it is solid, dude. I mean, I'll give him props on that. I've I bought it on vinyl and I've I've played it a few times, you know. Yeah. So it it lacks in a in a few areas. Like, I don't know. There's maybe a few songs that I don't I could live without, and some of the lyrics are the kind of lyrics that kind of sometimes are maybe cringeworthy for me. Like, ah. Uh, I just don't like those kind of lyrics, you know. I don't know how to explain mm-hmm. it, but I can kind of appreciate it too because he kind of did it himself. Yeah, I think so. Well, hey, because yeah, I didn't know he could sing. I mean, I know well, he played he bass because I saw like Van Halen when he was in the band. I didn't yeah. see him in their heyday, right? But well, let's talk about your number one. All right, my Andrew. number one is one that I. Uh, I really, really, really love this album, and uh, it's a group, I don't know if you're familiar with them, called Lake Street Dive. Heard of them? I've never listened to them. Yeah, they uh, they came on my radar through, like, CT, because a couple years ago, they were doing a show at the Monarch, and it was, like, the same weekend, I don't know if you remember, you were playing with Denny at that bar in Crevecore on a Saturday and Shane's birthday was the next day on Sunday, so it was like Labor Day weekend. And then there's Blues Fest going on. Well, Lake Street Dive was playing at the Monarch. So it was like, man, there's like shit going on. And I'm like, I didn't go to this like show because um, obviously I went to go see you guys. But uh, we appreciate that. So, yeah, they kind of came on my radar then. And you're um, welcome. 
But um, <laughs> they actually weren't going to pay us. They said, you're one person short in the crowd. We're not paying you. And then you walked through the door and I said, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you, hit, yeah. you hit the quota here. Andy's here. <laughs> uh, I'm better late than never. <laughs> but, um, but no, they came onto my radar about then. And they had a, a new album that they put out back in March. And uh, the album title is Obviously, and like there's a song, How I Said Tapping My Toes. There's some song on there that they released called Hypotheticals. And it's a really, really, really good like love song or whatever. Or it kind of is sometimes like if I was going to be dating someone or trying to talk to someone, like my head gets too far way down the road. And some of the lyrics are like, uh, I've been coming up with hypotheticals in my mind. I've been writing your name down next to mine or something. And it's basically like, you need to be with me or whatever. So it's kind of like this cutesy little love song thing. And I'm like, oh, man, I can, I can totally relate to that. Because sometimes in my head, the wheels are turning. Cutesy. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. And then there's stuff on this album, too, where, um, I don't know, it's like they've got this main singer, this girl, Rachel, that's a singer of the band, but everybody kind of contributes songwriting and, like, vocals and stuff. And I would describe it as, like, a steely Dan if a woman was singing. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I had a female Black Sabbath. You got a female Steely Dan. Yeah. (laughs) I can dig it. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's just a good kind of album that was kind of like, I don't know how I was saying, like toe tapping and like upbeat and stuff. It kind of hits that sweet spot for me, too. Sometimes all you need is just to tap your toe. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Well, I got a little bit of homework to do. Check out a few of yours. Yeah, I got to check out yours, especially that go. Killers one, because I didn't yeah, do it. That one was killer. <laughs> Pun intended. I'm a dork. Yeah. I was well, also quoting Eminem like five minutes ago like a douche, so anyhow. You were what, quoting Eminem? Yeah. Did you not hear like my whole... Well, you'll hear what? it when you go back and listen to this. <laughs> what, Mom Spaghetti or whatever? No, like, when I was doing the whole uh, thing about the critics... The Grammys. Oh. Yeah, I was just sitting over here mumbling. You were probably talking. I was probably doing it while you were talking like a dickhead. Oh. Because I just couldn't stop I don't know a whole lot of Eminem. Like, I know the 8 Mile song. Well, it was like one of the hits. It was yeah. like the, it might have been the real Slim Shady, Please Stand Up. might have been yeah. that song or whatever. I don't know. Ticket, Slim Shady. Well, it's been fun. I need to go... Yeah, man. I need to Get crank up that drink. Killers album yesterday, so then it would make my list today. It is the shit. Mm. So um, hopefully you like it, and uh, hopefully anyone listening that is feels prompted to go listen to that album or any mm. of these albums, hopefully yeah. we don't lead you too far astray. Sorry if we did, mm. but I don't fucking care. So on that note, though, I think this is probably the last episode we'll squeeze in of the year. Uh, with all the holiday mm. stuff coming up and everything, who knows? We might luck out and maybe we'll be inspired. Another one in and get drunk, sling eggnog, and talk shit. But <laughs> if not, yeah. have a merry Christmas and a happy New Year. And thanks for listening. Yeah.